What the hell is the name of this thing? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant? I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. Uh, he tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. I am Barry Horn, and on the phone with us from Seattle is a man who may have whiplash from watching all those balls go out of the park. Wow. Is that you, Evan? Oh, this is my part. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, hey, everybody, it's good to be with you here from Seattle. Kevin, that was a very, very smooth Kind of a smooth jazz intro. It was I kind of a smooth. You know, Seattle's a smooth jazz kind of place. Uh, Seattle's more grungy. Yeah, that's you're right. It is grunge rock. Yeah. Hey, Evan, have you had any good salmon since you uh, got to Seattle? No, I had a crab last night. It was a, it was an angry crab. Actually, <laughs> that was the name of the dish. It was an angry crab because it had uh, sriracha and Fresno chilies and basil. All stuff that Barry would never go near. How, how, did, how did that how did that affect your stomach? Uh, it was lovely. The angry crab made me very happy. Wow, is it Hatch Chili Month there in uh, Seattle? Do they what? Is it Hatch Chili Month in Seattle? Uh, you know what? There's a pasta place that our good friend David Moore uh, tried is tried to recommend to me that this month is featuring some kind of Hatch Chili. Uh, uh, on pasta, so I may go over there and try it. Wow. Is, otherwise, is, no, it's not hatched. Is long. Cole Hamill Hamels, Hamels. Hamels. That's is, 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 yeah. is he is he the uh, featured uh, dish dish on the uh, Seattle uh, menu these days? Trying too hard, Barry. <laughs> what is going on, Evan? That's what people want to know. Uh, you know, I it's been two disparaging starts, and it went bad. Cole pretty quickly in that last start. He, he first three innings he dealt against Seattle, and then ten of the next fourteen guys got on base against him. And yesterday it was ten of fifteen. And um, you can run just about any scenario you want out there. And uh, the one that I would be concerned about is is he hurt? And uh, as usual, the, the Rangers and, and Cole both say no, everything's fine. Um, I didn't really notice a big difference in velocity. Uh, yesterday, if you go back and you look at pitch charts and you look at locations, he was just centering everything. Um, uh, you look at the first inning home run that he that he gave up to Cano, a guy who he's really had a lot of success against with, and it's a 2-2 pitch, and the ball is left right over the heart of the plate. So um, I, I think the first step here is to try and make some degree of a mechanical adjustment, see if he if he's overcompensated for something because he felt like he was out of rhythm last time. And uh, the next step might be to see if Jeff Bannister decides he wants to try and figure out a way to get Darvish and Hamels an extra day of rest here or two in, in, in September and, and just maybe refresh them up a little bit, uh, maybe even give, give them both an extra bullpen session um, with the potential return of Colby Lewis, they'll have that opportunity, but uh, I will just say this, for the Rangers to go deep into the playoffs, Cole Hamels and Hugh Darvish are going to have a lot of starts against back-to-back opponents. Uh, Cole has, had, has done that three times now, 
The first was against Minnesota, a last-place team that clobbered him on consecutive outings. That was attributed to the blister. The second was against the Kansas City team that was thumping badly at the time, and he dominated in both those outings. The third was the last two starts against Seattle, and for the time being, it leaves you with a somewhat um, unsettling feeling. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and certainly you, you shouldn't feel necessarily good about it. I, I, I do take kind of the attitude that the Rangers do is, hey, this is Cole Hamels, this is uh, – and then, of course, you Darvish was coming off a, a bad start as well, not against uh, the uh, – well, he had come off a bad start as well. So that's that's back-to-back bad starts by your aces. Um, uh, I, I would think that they can work this out. And, you know, the Seattle lineup's pretty good. Uh, it's not like it's a bunch of uh, clowns running through there as well. Uh, yeah, but Cole Hamels is supposed to be pretty good. He I, is. No, I, I agree. It's, you know, no, but, but Felix Hernandez is pretty good, too, and the Rangers scored six against him in five innings. No, you're right. And, 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 and so you do wonder. I mean, you look around the AOS right now, and Dallas Keuchel is, on the, is basically on the DL because of, of fatigue, and, and he has struggled all year. Um Felix has not pitched very well here lately. And then you've got the Rangers with, with Hamilton Darvish, who have had consecutive bad outings for them. I, I think that, that you know, where the Rangers are concerned, it, it's a question right now of just kind of making sure that these guys are fresh. I don't think there's anything wrong with these guys. But we all know this. This club's biggest advantage going into the postseason is the idea that Hamilton Darvish would start the majority of any five or seven game series Correct. so you need them as sharp as they can possibly be. of course if, if they're going to have a i mean this is when you want them to if they're going to have a bad spot this is where you want them to have it they, get, they still got a little bit of time to work it out here before the season ends you know not a lot of they're not a lot of pressure here i thought that, you, that my read on the game yesterday was uh that uh you know, we're, we're gonna after cole had such a bad start and even though the rangers were climbing back in that game we saw all the young kids come out of the bullpen at that point, and I thought that that said right. a lot about what the manager thought about that particular game. Right, he th- he thought it was it was over. He thought it was well. I think it's not so much as it's over. Uh, it's that uh, look, we've got a uh, you know we got a big lead in the division. Right. And I think now that to this point, yeah, he thought now yeah. we need to start resting some of these guys. Now we need to make sure that and, people. And I, are fresh. I also don't. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think it was. I had some people on social media say, "Oh my God, what's he throwing Mendez and what's he throwing Leclerc in there for?" and and I think you, you look at the situation, and even after two and a third innings of really good work by Alex Claudio, you're still just to the fourth inning. And mm-hmm. you don't right. want to burn out Barnett and Kella and Dyson still in an uphill battle. Certain, um, cer- certainly on a day with Cole Hamels as the start, you, you're, th- uh, you're Jeff Bannister. You've got to be thinking this you is. Get, a- you're going to get six innings for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah, you've I, got, yeah, and you've got to be saving those guys for – you've got to be saving your winning pieces, your core pieces. Is everything okay there, Barry? That was actually, That's Kevin. That That's was actually, actually Kevin. Yeah. I think oh, I came okay. back with Zika from Rio, by the way. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, don't – Evan, don't know, assume. <laughs> you know, you can't – the first game of the series, you don't get a good outing from, from – uh, from Hamels, and, and you had to go long behind Darvish the day before, the, the last thing you want to do is burn out those core pieces who are probably going to have to pitch behind Perez and A.J. Griffin. So you want you want to save those pieces, and that's the reason why you've got a um, uh, an extended roster right now is that you've got, you, you've got some extra arms that you can throw out there. Mendez is this club's number two prospect right now, and you You've just got to hope that some of those guys can give you a scoreless inning or two and, and, and allow you to continue to get back in a game. 
But when you're down seven nothing, your chances of winning a game are are less than one percent. So, I, I you know I didn't have any problem with it at all. I, I like seeing those guys get in there. I want to see what they can do. I think it's good for them. I mean, it's not. Well, you weren't sitting up in the press box. So <laughs> you, you, know. you weren't on social media. I, let me guess. You know, no, I, I didn't. I didn't see a lot of those complaints about that. But that's that. You know, to me, you know, you need to see those guys because here's the thing. Absolutely. Not only because you're always, even though you're playing in a pennant race and and this, you're always focused on that goal. You know that you're still thinking about the future as well. And I would have to believe that Mendez is a guy who's going to be in the running for a uh, for a rotation spot next year in the spring anyway. Oh, and I. I wouldn't even rule Mendez out as a, as a potential, you know, guy for the postseason roster. I think it would be a real long shot. But the thing is, this was a low leverage situation, and it was the, it was kind of the perfect opportunity to give these guys a chance. The Absolutely. offense had made something of a comeback, but this game was had gotten away from the Rangers in a lot of ways, and it was going to take a, a lot of guys performing above and beyond their uh, their what's expected of them hey, to bring this team back. Well, what, what, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be nice if one of these young arms turned out to be key, uh, a, a vital part of the postseason pitching staff? I, I really think they might even need one of these guys to step up. I don't know that Le- LeClerc just uh, has struggled so much with his command. I, I don't think he can do it. I-, I-, I think that Mendez, like Evan said, is a possibility just because of his pedigree and this is who he is and such a great changeup. Uh, boy, he was really he was really throwing it great. It was really you know you got guys shaking their heads up there. You know, so I, I think that was very promising. It was kind of a long stretch for him though uh, to-, to come right. in and pitch, and so. I think, you know, I could see him uh, in the postseason as a situational lefty, you know, bring him in and, uh, and, let, him, and let him do a little bit of that. Uh, what's, the, what's the harm in that? I, I, well, you know, I, I, I can see some possibility there, at least theoretically, but you've got two lefties that, that you know, for the most part, Jake Diekman has been as consistent a reliever as the Rangers have had this year. He's had a couple of back-to-back rough outings, and, and the Rangers, I'm sure, would like to get him a little bit of rest. Um, Claudio has been very effective uh, with his array of off-speed stuff. And, and I don't know, you know, if Martin Perez doesn't make the rotation for the postseason, he might be your designated long guy or situation lefty out of the bullpen. So I don't know that there's going to be room for a third or a fourth lefty out there, but um, you certainly – giving Mendez an opportunity right now to show you something. And this was his first start. This was a, this was, if there were going to be jitters, you'd like to get him out of the way in this one. This was a game to throw away really from the second inning on. And, and I don't have any issue with the way the Rangers handled it. Um, I, I do think it was good that they got Mendez in there as quickly as they possibly could. So he didn't have to sit around, you know, a week or 10 days before he got his major league debut. And, and, and I thought it was good to get Leclerc back in there as soon as he got back up. So, so no problems there. And, and, you know, yes, Houston won on, on Monday and, and, and drew back to within eight and a half. But I think even the Astros right now are just focused on, on the wild card. And, and the Rangers' big focus has to be on making sure that they get everybody right, um, making sure that they, they, they make sure that everybody is fresh and, Continuing to hold on to the to the best record in the American League. Evan, aside from your sriracha crab uh, dinner last night, give us some good news uh, uh, of of what's going on with the team. 
Kevin, is, was that a segue? <laughs> It was it was kind of interesting. Uh, I, I wasn't sure when he started talking about the the crab dinner. I didn't know where he was going with that. Well, but Evan, Evan it was it was such a tasty thing. Give us give us something that that listener that ballsy podcast listeners can be can take away from, t- can take away from this podcast and and feel happy well, would, and giddy. I would say right now that one thing that that people might want to take away is that um, the world better watch out. Rudnett Odor is on fire at the plate. Yes. Uh, he is, is six home runs in the last five games. I think he's 15 for his last 28. Uh, he's been more patient at the plate. He had a great, you know, he had the home run yesterday, but I thought the great at bat was he battled Felix, who was a guy he really struggled with uh, in the past for a 10 or 11 pitch at bat before he singled in a run in what was one of the Rangers' rally innings. And, and I do think that Ruggie is in a very good place right now at the plate, and you know, he's he's hitting in the number five spot, and he's getting opportunities with guys on base, and, and he's punishing pitchers. And as long as he can stay away from not chasing every pitch up and out of the zone, uh, he is going to be uh, – look, the guy hit, hit his 30th home run yesterday. He, he's had a sensational year at the plate, and it's, it's only going to get better, I think. I, the, the thing that gets me about him is that, you know, when they sent him down last year, one of the things they wanted him to work on was go on the opposite field. And, 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 he, and he did that. And he came back and he was doing that. So now he comes up, people are throwing him stuff away, and he's yanking it into the right field seats. And not only putting it up there, but putting it in the upper deck. You know, so it's remarkable to me that the, the things that they wanted him to work on and which he did and which a normal hitter would, would you would want to do. It's like with Mitch Moreland. That's what they always want him to do. If he would go opposite field more, it would keep him from pulling off the ball, and he'd be much better that way. And Mitch is a decent hitter. But we're, I think it shows you just the kind of hitter that uh, Ruggie Odor can be, that, that this is a, a special hitter. This is a guy – who now, if he's going to hit 30 home runs, uh, how old is he now? Is he 21? He's 22. 22. 22. If he's going to hit 30 home runs at 22, what's he going to hit when he's 25? You know, is is this a guy that could hit 40 home runs at at second base? I mean, that's remarkable uh, to see what he can do. And I do think that he may end up being that kind of uh, power hitter. I I can't disagree with you there. He's got remarkable power, particularly for his size. And and I think he has – he has cut down on the chase up and out of the zone, which was his biggest weakness um, over the last year. He's covered up that, that area away by, by at least occasionally being willing to go the opposite way. And, and, and he has become a very dangerous hitter, and, and particularly with the protection around him. I, I think that, that pitchers are being forced to, to throw him strikes with guys on base, and, and, and he, he's not missing it. And uh, this is a guy, you know, you go back to last week and that, that game against, um, I, I forget whether it was Cleveland or, or whether it was Seattle or Houston, but it was it was the game in which he, he made an out at second base and, and, and tried to stretch a single into a double, got the stare down from Adrian, got the slap upside the head. Also got thrown out trying to steal third in that game. Also thrown out trying to steal third in that game got the slap upside the head from Beltre and looked like he was a shame child at that point in time. And, and he came back and, and hit the walk-off home run. And, and I, I think, you know, the thing that stands out for me is that this is a guy who wants to get better. 
he wants to improve, and I think he has the ability to grasp how to improve. And you look at where he's come from a year ago to where he is now, and you've seen significant uh, improvement in, in, in a lot of those areas. And, and that only leads to the fact that, yeah, he is 22, and there is, there's a lot more that he's going to refine over the next couple of years, and he's going to become a tougher and tougher out as he eliminates those, those areas where he's susceptible and becomes a little bit more disciplined at the plate. And I think naturally that's what will happen. I don't think he's going to stop being an aggressive hitter, but I think there will be some natural refinement that goes on, and, and he's going to be he's going to be as dangerous a hitter as there is in the Rangers' lineup. I, I believe that earlier in this in the spring, oh, uh, Kevin's going to tell us something he predicted. I can tell. I can tell from the look on his face. He's going to pat himself not, on not the back. Predicted. I am, I am go, patting myself go, on the back. No. You can tell. You said if you could have either Odor or Nomar Mazzara to build a team from from this from this organization, who would you take? And I said I'd take Odor. I think it was Nadell who said he would take Mazzara. Uh, but why, why, we didn't have Eric on the broadcast. No, we didn't. You, so that was in one of your fantasy. No, uh, no, no, no. And, I, and, I, and, of course, I just based it on the fact that we've already seen Odor. Odor has been up. Mazzara had just barely been up. And, and you know, who knows what the kid's going to do. Evan, I don't remember that do. moment. Do you? I, I don't. I, I will <laughs> say this, though, that as long as we're making predictions, I, I did – um, I went back and looked at our predictions um, in the paper prior to the season, and um, I did actually predict that Odor <laughs> would lead the team in home runs. The thing that amazes me is I predicted he'd lead the team with 26, and here we are on September 6th, he's at 30. So um, I think he surpassed everybody's expectations. Yeah, no kidding. Let me ask you this question real quick, oh. Evan, because this, this was oh, bugging you're gonna, me. Are you going to pat yourself on the back again? No, no, no. This is okay. during the broadcast. Uh, and our and our good friend Buzz uh, and the pronunciation of the catcher's last name, is it Lucroy or Lacroix? What what is it? I believe he answers to either, but uh, most of the time we call him Lucroy. Really? I mean, that sounds yeah. like you know. And I'm a Texas boy. I was born and raised here, but that sounds like something a Texan would say when they saw that name. Hey, it's Lucroy. You know, it's like uh, Luke Roy. Uh, I had to, I had to believe that at one point that was Lucroy, but you know, I just I don't want to. I don't want to insult the guy, you know, because I haven't haven't been right. able to, to walk up to him yet and talk to him. So, uh, uh, sure. let's get back and to something. Again, everybody, for joining us on Etymology <laughs> today. Hey, let's let's let's. I'd like to talk about uh, Carlos Gomez. How's how is he uh, settling in? Well, let's see. He's, uh, I, I think he's played eight games and had a significant impact on three of them so far. He's he, he's he's been. Uh, Look, the guy has got some overzealousness in his swing and in his game, and there's going to be mistakes there. But he's hit a three-run grand slam in one game, hit a four, uh, grand, uh, hit a three-run home run, <laughs> three-run grand, grand slam, slam, which is the first, I think. I think that's I think that's something you, you could have at OHOP, at IHOP, right? Slam and another. I have a three-run grand slam, and made a couple of great defensive catches, and and he's got that ability. You know, he he has that ability, and and. And Sunday got himself in the scoring position with that stolen base, right. even though he ended up, you know, with a cut across the bridge of his nose. He can also impact the game with his speed. So, listen, for what the Rangers, there was never a question in my mind about Carlos Gomez's makeup. Does he do some knuckleheaded things on the field? Yes. But this team has is, is got some guys that they know will do occasional knuckleheaded things on the field. But over the last couple of years, He's been regarded as a very good teammate. 
and particularly when he doesn't have to be one of the veteran voices, when he can leave the veteran voicing to guys like Beltre and Carlos Beltran, I think he fits in really, really well. And he can just go out and play and, and imbue a team with some energy. And, and he's done a great job of that. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've noticed about him and, I, and watching uh, after he – it may have been after the Grand Slam. I'm not positive. But we saw the reaction. Which Grand Slam? Was that the three-run The three-run Grand Slam, Slam yeah. Was that uh, so? So when, when for comparison's sake, when when Ruji hits the, um, the 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 walk off home run to win the game, uh, the manager is outside the dugout picking him up, breaking his back, breaking both their backs. It looked like uh, to do so. When when Gomez hit the grand slam uh, and he came into the dugout, the manager gave him a fist bump, but it wasn't an over exuberant one. You know, it wasn't like that. Hey, Great job. And, and one of the things that he had said earlier when Gomez got here was he said, because uh, he obviously had that the home run in his first at bat, was that later he said, well, I thought was just as important was that walk that he took. Right. And I thought that the, the message that he is sending to Gomez is, I don't need you to be a guy who's, who's hitting home runs. I need you to be a guy who's taking pitches and getting on base and then wreaking some havoc that way. Don't you think that's a, a message that's being sent to him? And I, and I think that he's getting that. He seems to be much more patient at the plate than he was in Houston. Well, I – I mean, I, I think in, in some ways, just in, if you're comparing reactions there, I, I think obviously the deal is Odor hits a grand slam. Uh, Odor hits a home run to, to, to win the game, and, and, and that's a game winner, and, and the manager goes crazy over that. But the uh, I, I do think that, listen, they feel like as long as this guy doesn't get overly aggressive, you know, the things that Bannister said to me that were kind of like key words were, uh, well, he's only had to pick up his helmet one time after a swing, and you right. know, there are times when he's going to swing, and you feel like he needs a chin strap. So th- th- those are the message words there that hey, don't try and do too much. You're a good enough player. Just let the game come to you a little bit. He knows there's going to be times that he's over aggressive. He's okay with that, but he wants to keep it. You know, he still wants to keep it as much in check as he can. And I think Carlos has, has been in a really good place since he's been here. Um, uh, and, and I do think, you know, I look at the, you look at the reaction after he went into the left field wall to make that leaping catch last Sunday and or a week ago Sunday, and and it was um, there was a lot of, I, there was a lot of energy that he expressed, and I think that the team felt that too. And and that's the kind of thing that, that a guy like this can can bring a team is he can make a great play, and he can also make guys feel good about that great play. Evan, you know, we could go on and on, and we could talk Ranger baseball forever, but we've got a lot of podcasts to do today. And we have, we have, it's, we're like at uh, LaGuardia Airport in New York. We have callers lined up waiting to get in, get in with us, especially on our Cowboy Palooza podcast we have coming up before the Cowboy season opener. So we've got to well, say goodbye. Who, who else do we have on the podcast this week? <laughs> well, we had uh, Kirk Bowles. We on had the Kirk Bowles football. on the college football podcast. We talked a lot of University of Texas uh, football, the Longhorns. You know, they won the other night. I don't know if you heard that. They beat Notre Dame. And then uh, we have so many guests on the Cowboy Palooza uh, podcast coming up. I, I can't even begin to name them. But, I can't remember uh, them, but anyway. But we have, I think we have John Lynch, uh, uh, tremendous uh, safety defensive back for, who uh, now works with Fox. We have Babe Laufenberg. We'll have Gary Myers on the New York Giants perspective going into the Cowboy uh, season opener against the Giants. And hopefully, if we can find him, David Moore. Yeah, it was easier getting all those other people. Than finding David Moore. Yeah, how about that? Anyway, Evan, thanks so much. 
Uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you guys with one quick story that will link all our podcasts. Okay, together. hit it. Shane, we all know Shane Bouchelle will someday be a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, and he uh, is currently the quarterback of the University of Texas Longhorns. And, I, you know, we did a story this morning talking to Steve Bouchelle about, about going to the game and, and coming back. But I talked to Nancy Bouchelle last night, and um, so just before the game, she was able to sneak down to the – the entrance tunnel area where uh, where the players come onto the field, and and she said that she was able to catch Shane's eye just as he was about to, to to run onto the field. Shane caught her eye as he was about to run on the field, came over, kind of just touched her hand, smiled at her, and Nancy said, "At that point in time, I just knew everything was going to be all right. It just felt perfect." And she said it was just a great night for their family, and and, and to talk to those guys over the past couple of days and, and hear what they've gone through. Um, it, it does. It, it is kind of a goosebump moment about that family because they're good people. Uh, they've been parts of this community for a long time, and to be able to share that in front of 102,000 people and for a program that really needed a win like that, I, I think it was a really special night. Great story, Evan. Goodbye. Thank you, Evan. Bye, bye. <laughs> bye, everybody. Hey, we got. I got. We got people to talk to. I can't help it. Wow, that was very. That was somebody very has to, somebody has to take control in here. Wow, you know how you writers, you're always out of control. Yeah, see ya.